Welcome to the Nightbird Radio Podcast. My name is Timothy Saylor, and I'm going to be your host this evening as we sound out the subconscious, navigate the nocturnal, and explore the farthest reaches of our experience. Coming at you from the rolling foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains in the Great Forest, deep in the heart of the Kali Yuga, this is Radio for the Hauntological Turn. And welcome back, Nightbirds. I've got a great show for you this evening, as we had the honor and the privilege of having Michael Simon on the show. Michael is a filmmaker, a death doula, a magical practitioner, and an all-around cool cat. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. I know I sure did. I will say that we had a few technical issues. I tried to clean those up as best I could, but just know that sometimes the audio is going to drop out. Um, I think that you can infer from context what we're talking about. I don't think it's really conversation breaking, but I did just want to let you know. Uh, I like to chalk these things up to the archons, and so that's just what I'm going to do. But without further ado, let's get to the conversation. Welcome to Nightbird Radio, man. It's great to have you on. It's Thank you for being my first guest. Um, Dude, of course. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So before we hit the record button, button we were having a really interesting conversation about um, Prince, Prince David Bowie. David Bowie. And uh, immortality. So not only did right. So not only did we both kind of have an experience that was similar. Do you want to go and tell that again? Sure. Yeah. Um. So I I don't know when I became a Prince fan, but like I just love Prince. So I wake up one day and I'm headed into work, and I woke up and I was like scrolling through my phone as you do when you wake up, and I saw like the year anniversary of Prince's death. I was like, oh, super bummer. So I, anyway, I get up, I get dressed, I get in my car, and I still use CDs. And I just reached in there, pulled out a random CD, and it was one of the uh, Prince CD that I had made. And I was like, oh, cool. So then I head into work, and when I get into work, the place where I'm working that day, um, turn on the radio, and they're just doing a Prince marathon all day. And I was like, all right, dude. So I called my tattoo artist, and I was like, hey, do you like, I know this is super late notice because he's usually booked out like six months. I was like, Hey man, I need a tattoo today. And he's like, Oh, someone like the phone call I took right before yours was cancellation. So if you want to come in at four o'clock, like, yeah, we can do a couple little things. So I went in and got a Prince tattoo that day. It was just like, <laughs> sometimes when they talk to you, you got to hear them. One of the reasons I wanted to talk to you about that topic, uh, the topic of the dead in particular, is that something that, that I've heard you say with like a lot of conviction is that the dead are working for us. All the time. And talking to us all the time, right? All the time. Performing for us all the time. Singing to us all the time. Man, yeah. The story that, that I had that was like yours was uh, with Bowie. So I hear that he, he died, and it took me like three years until I could listen to Blackstar for the first time and when i did i found out that it was three years since the day that he died and mm-hmm. in that album especially i feel like is obviously it's a spell right um Most there's a lot there's a line yeah. that he says where he says something happened on the day he died spirit rose a meter and stepped aside somebody else took his place and bravely cried I'm a black star. 
I'm a black star. I mean, yeah, man, that says it all. Yeah, man. I also had Prince talk to me through the song uh, Seven. Okay, because when I was no a kid, kidding. yeah, when I was a kid, I would hear that song. Mm-hmm. So you know, like when you're a kid and you you hear a song and you have your own version of what the lyrics are based on totally. your understanding. I thought he was singing about the fairy queen, but he says, mm. and, right? In his hand, he holds yeah. the fairy key. That's tight. <laughs> um, in this past year where I read the lyric, this song is Gnostic as hell. Well, so he was like, I think pretty famously a Jehovah's Witness, but I worked with a guy who used to. There was apparently like a traveling exhibit, like the Gnostic the Nakamati stuff. Oh, like there wow. was some kind of, I don't know much about it, but apparently it was like this traveling museum exhibit. So my, this guy that I heard the story from was working at the museum and they get a call and it's like, Hey, Prince is really interested. Really, really, really wants to see like this, this exhibit. Would it be possible to accommodate this guy after hours? And they were like, yeah, duh. <laughs> yeah. Of course, Prince. Yeah. So, so they gave Prince like a, they gave him his own private tour of this stuff because he was so interested in it. And he, they said he asked really good questions and he had those sunglasses on, um, the, the third eye, his third eye sunglasses or whatever. Oh my purple. God, man. That's and amazing. at the end of the tour, he was like, he was like, thank you so much for like allowing me to do I'm on my, my friend and like visualize and just walked out. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, man, he was, I don't, I never read like any biographies about him. I don't really know a lot about his life, but like there was something, he was just one of those people who could touch it and bring it back. But like five hours a night, right? Like he would wake up and then just go immediately to the studio and he would just produce, 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 produce. So yeah, there was a lot of, I mean, his mastery over instruments were like there's some videos online, especially oh, like yeah, the rock, rock and roll, roll hall of fame. fame. Yes. Yo, <laughs> just like watching how Tom Petty Winwood plays his solo and then watching how Prince plays his solo. Like there's, there are two different, they're holding the guitar. They have different relationships with the guitar. Yeah. These two people, like you can see the way that Prince touches his guitar that, and like plays it and you, and, you can just see that he has like this. He he has a different like touch. Yeah, it's it, it's such an amazing performance. I hate to sound Victorian like Thalamic, but it's the idea of the true will, or it's the yeah. idea of the flow state, and it's the idea of like this is what you're supposed to be doing. And as soon as you step into that current, like yeah, you it just takes you away. Right, and he's him and Bowie and like we could name all these other people, and there's people who like work and work and work and work and eventually achieve it who don't really have it, but the the people who have it and then work it and work and work it, uh, there's just I don't want to say it elevates them like above or beyond, but there's just there's just those different people, you know, those sorcerers. You just paint, you just write, you just do these things that you're really good at to me that's more of a channeled activity and i know that might sound strange but i know i think that's different i think that's exactly what we're talking about is like when you're in that flow 
it's Whoa, not yeah. work. It's like a channeled activity. When you're when you're really doing what you're supposed to do, like you're not. It feels so effortless. So let's change tack just a little bit. I know you that you had mentioned that you wanted to tell uh, a couple stories that you had been thinking about. So it goes back actually to this idea that we were just talking about. It's like some people are just born with things. Like my earliest memory in life is sitting on my mom's lap and she's reading me a book and she turns the page and I don't remember any other part of this book. I don't remember what it is. I've never been able to find it again, but she turns the page and there's like this two page spread of like a spooky woods and a haunted house and baths and buttons and just like everything. And I just remember at that moment being like, <laughs> whatever this is, is I, I, it's, it's, I need it. I didn't even know what need was. I just saw it and I was like, that's it. And my mom like finished the page. I dude, it was like, I can't understate just how it's like swept through me. It was incredible when I saw this thing and my mom went to turn a page and I remember trying to reach forward and touch it to get the page back so I could have it back. And I couldn't move my arm because I was so small that I didn't like yet have control over my body. So it's like, where did that come from? You know, it, it wasn't something that I had ever seen before. And I was an infant. So like, where could that possibly have come from? Chasing the dragon all my life, like trying to find things that fulfill this feeling that was instilled in me from like the very beginning. So I'm not like comparing myself to Prince. <laughs> right. But no, but I think it does. Like I, I have this thing from birth and I don't know what it is, but I know that like it's striving to reach fulfillment through me somehow because it took me so off guard and I've been chasing it ever since. So let me relate to that story by telling another one of my own, if you don't mind. That's thank you for for telling Please. me. By the way. That's yeah, especially as like an earliest memory, which to me, I those are so nebulous that for that to come through that strongly is is a, an impressive thing. I remember it like it was it's, yesterday, dude. It's important. Um. So I and every time. Every every time I see it fulfilled, like in pop culture, like per, that same hit of like whatever flowed through me, it's like this warm, loving, right. it's weird, dude. <laughs> so this is a little bit later. I don't know. I'm really bad actually at like situating my memories at what age I was. I don't mm. know if that's if that's normal or what, but I was pretty young. Uh, so my mom would take us to the library and mm. you know we would check out whatever books we wanted. and. I would always check out books about cryptids, Flatwoods Monster, Bigfoot, Chupacabra. And mm -hmm. I would force my mom to take me to her office so I could photocopy the pages. And I would just look at these <laughs> monsters, too. And, <laughs> and however just, you could get it, man, when I saw I and so I didn't really remember for a long time. And then I saw a picture of the Flatwoods monster again, which I don't know if you're familiar, but it is a weird looking creature. I mean, it, it's like, it's okay. like, it's not like your normal kind of um, anthropomorphized. Yeah. Look it up. I do, definitely. 
it's like a robot from space or something, right? Like, okay. Anyway, so I, I saw this picture again after a long time. And like oh, you said, wild. that right, that dopamine hit or that feeling of like, oh, yeah, this is just the coolest thing I could ever like just people seeing weird shit in the woods. It just does something. I just to have it. to be part of it, man. I need yeah. it. Right. Like when I saw that shit and every time I've seen every time I've seen anything that like kind of relates, which has been really few and far between surprisingly, is like I I have to have it. I need it. I yeah. gotta be in it. Like put yeah. me somehow within this. So yeah, I totally know what you mean. Cause I was obsessed with that stuff as a kid too, which is <laughs> not normal stuff. Right. So with. man, I was obsessed with all the things I was really actually afraid of. Mm, that's interesting. So I was really afraid of aliens, but I couldn't stop watching the alien mm-hmm. shows. They used to have the really good stuff on TV. That was like bad reenactments and people just telling their story. Totally. Uh, but it would scare me so much that I couldn't like oh. go to sleep. I don't know what it is, man. And I tried, I have tried, to, I've my, kind of my whole life, like had these weird experiences and like, I have them around people. And when I look around them, it's like, really? Like no, no, no one else. Really? You guys like didn't feel that or anything. So do you mind so sharing an example? Oh yeah. Well, private Baptist school as a kid. Not because they were Baptists, just because they wanted us to get a good education. So we obviously had Bible study. <laughs> right. So I was in second grade, man, and I, rem- I, can, I could walk you in that building right now, walk you to the room, and show you exactly where on the floor I was sitting. We were all sitting in a semicircle, and I know you have a Christian background, too. Yeah. Do you remember teachers having these, like, big, kind of, like maybe 10 by 14 cards. And they had these like oil painting, these oil painting pictures of like biblical scenes on them. And then on the back of the card would be like the Bible verses that are related to. So the teacher could like hold it up to the class and like she could see the Bible verse or he could see the Bible verse. And like, do you know what I'm, have any idea what I'm talking about? I don't about? know. I never I, so I'm not familiar with those cards, but I am familiar with the, the oil paintings of Bible stuff you know and I okay so and i don't know where they came from anyway so our teachers had like these and i remember from years and they had and some of the paintings were just beautiful man and there was one day we were sitting there and we were in a semicircle, and she was reading us the garden of eden story and we had got to the expulsion (laughs) i I wore a flat top as a kid, right? And this detail is important because I had just gotten my hair cut. So it was cut really short. So we were sitting in a semicircle and she moves the card to go to the next card. And the next card is this angel with a flaming sword because God put an angel with a flaming sword outside of Garden of Eden to protect it against human reentry. And there's this picture of this angel with this flaming sword. And and I, I looked at that card and I felt a breeze in the room. This this building is like there's no there's no windows. We're in like the interior of this building, and I felt like a breeze 
pass through and blow in my head. And on the breeze, I heard a voice say, I bet you could find that and talk to it. And then the breeze was gone. And I was like, oh. my head exploded, dude. And I looked around the room and I was like, did you guys fucking hear that? <laughs> we could find this angel and like ask it questions. And dude, when I looked around the room, kids were like picking their noses and like right. staring off in the face and shit. And no one else had heard this shit. And it changed my fucking life from that moment on. And I just remember being around these like 18 other kids and my teacher, you know, when you're a kid and you like look to an adult for like validation of something, right? right? You just saw something crazy. You look, can is you like sanctioned? that we're both in reality? And I looked at my teacher. Yeah. It's a sanction, <laughs> especially in a Baptist school. And I looked at my right. teacher and was just like, Dude, I was so distressed. I didn't think about anything else the rest of the day. Like the rest of my day was just obsessed with this idea that like there were angels on the planet guarding gardens that I could go talk to and ask questions of. I couldn't fucking, I couldn't sleep that night. So it was just like, that is one of the first of like a long series of events like that. Experiences like that occur in the most mundane of settings. Totally. Tyson Yunkaporta talks about like how like the real magic shit is like in the mundane. They they just but they happen in these like like I hadn't been doing breath work. Like I was in second grade. Yeah. I wasn't like fasting. I wasn't you like doing the LBRP yeah. to like try to get spirit communication. But like a wind blew through the room, like I felt it. And I heard this voice that wasn't my voice. And I was just like, why, why, did, why was I the only one who heard this? Like I, cause I tried. And the other thing about it was, it was so, you don't like, I think I asked my teacher, I was like, Hey, is there to like, you know, talk to angels. And she was like, I don't ever want to hear you ask these questions again. <laughs> so it was like, I had nowhere to go. Even if I had an adult to like bring it to, like, what would they have said? Right. Because there's no, we don't have it. So why me? And like, why am I then haunted? And why, not why me, but like, that. that's the one thing about like most of my, most of my like major spiritual or magic experiences have been like in the proximity of other kids at school or just like walking around one day in front of other people. And it's just, it's really interesting to me that in certain places and then there's other and then when I found when I actually found out dude that there was like a way to communicate with angels and like started reading about the occult I was like off to the races just couldn't stop I actually got in trouble later on in Baptist school because I was like looking this stuff up like asking right. questions bringing ah. to school and they were like we don't <laughs> I love it I remember this girl yeah, we don't actually grade. talk to those no, absolutely not. And this girl in seventh grade brought in like the third Harry Potter book or whatever. And she did a book report on it. And my print, the principal of the school showed up later that day and walked up to her and was like, can I see that book? And the girl handed her the book and she was like, we do not bring this to school. I do not ever want to see it again. And yo, she, the principal took this book and put it in a plastic trap and put it in her car so she could go and take it and throw it away in her neighborhood so this girl couldn't have this book. 
And I was like, uh, I got to read this shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Streisand effect is real. Yo, so when my mom picked this up, I was like, can we go to the bookstore real quick? I got to get this book. And then it's just like experiences like that. I, do, I wasn't shown which way to go, but I was shown which way not to go. And I, I was like, oh, okay, well, there's something over here if they're trying to tell me not to go over here then. Well, you know, it's kind of the same thing that God did when he put the angel there. You really expect, Ooh, now I want to go there. That was actually my biggest gripe with Jehovah before I, you know, <laughs> came into contact with more information that was able to help me to integrate that back, you know, but was, oh, yeah. you, why would you put a tree there that you don't want people to eat? Like, uh, there's something else going on here, right? There's definitely something else going on. And I, it just, it always bothered me too. It always bothered me. Like, well, why, if he knew that we were going to eat, then why did he fucking put it there? Yeah. And like, because, because free will, it just is not satisfactory. So that started me on a long journey. You know, I think, you know, I talked oh, about yeah, that. On, totally. Me too. Right. You, you have those experiences and I didn't go to a Christian school, but I went to Sunday school plenty. And, mm-hmm. you know, same type of scenario, right? It's in the South. Yeah, you just didn't have math. Right. We had math. Right. That's it. Yeah. And, but then when I would go and read the Bible solo, it was like, oh, damn, this is like a story. This is a book about, like, wizards. Because you have, like, Samuel, who's a straight-up wizard, mm-hmm. and then he dies, and they use his skull to, like, talk to mm-hmm. him. Or whatever, right? I mean, yeah, it was, it's like the Lord of the Rings or something. Like the Old Testament is. And as a kid who's obsessed with like, like the experience with like looking at that at that monster picture made me chase this shit down. Maybe chase right. other shit like that down. And as soon as you start chasing that down, like Dracula gets religious real quick. Yeah. So like you start seeing these threads pulled on in other places. And then yeah. when you go to school on Tuesday morning and you're like, look, you're like, oh, wow. Is that why Dracula is afraid of this cross? Because Jesus, you know, and you start, right. I started putting these dots together and I thought it was just so interesting that the shit that really worked, like the magic that really worked was like what these adults were trying so hard to keep away from us. Right. Because Let me share another experience because I think it's Please. like negative pole to this other experience. I was in sixth grade and um, we had every Monday morning was chapel. So we go to chapel and you sing your songs and listen to an adult talk to you and whatever. So we go and the chapel we had was this big kind of like modern. I would like to go back to it because it was probably like octagonal now that I think about it, but it was really oblique and it, and it, kind of descended toward a stage and then the, the stage arose anyway. So on the stage was our like choir leader or whatever, the music leader. And he was playing keyboard and like singing and we were all standing up and everyone was singing. And then just like kind of stray. I looked from him up onto the ceiling, which is like a white ceiling. And I saw like a black figure, like a shadow figure of like a male. And I was like, holy fuck shit. Like God is here right now. Like, <laughs> like God is here right now. Like, listen to the song. I can't like, and I looked and it was like 
the thing was still there. And I was like, holy fucking shit. So I, I and I was stunned. I was, it was another one of those moments where I was like, God is literally in the fucking room listening to this song right now. So I looked down the pew at my teacher because it was another one of these moments where I was like trying to get an adult to validate it because right. it was just so wild. I needed someone to ground me. And I looked at her and she was just not getting the signal at all. She was just like looking, she was distracted. And I just kept for a couple more seconds just to try to get some kind of psychic interaction between us. And I looked back to where the wall was and I saw her silhouette in that same black envelope looking thing. And I was like, Oh, this is an optical illusion. Like this is a trick of the light in my eye. And I wonder if it's this easy for people to get tricked into this shit. And like it broke like right at that minute. Wow. Right at that very fucking second. And I had been having some other troubles within the school, but then I was like, wow. Like, is it this easy for people to get tricked? Which started like another long line of inqu- inquiry and like kind of really stepping away. Cause I was, dude, I wanted to go to church. Like I would call my cousins on the weekend and I would be like, yo, are you going to church? Like, let me go to church. Cause let me go sit in church with you. This shit's tight. And I, I would ask right. my parents, I was like, can I go to church? And they were like, yeah, <laughs> I <right>. guess. Sure. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, sure. Why yeah. Not? So I'm the same go. way too. I and, and I was like, man. And, and that moment when I realized that like this experience that I was having was like, like I said, like an optical light illusion, man, it just, it kind of cracked everything a different way and sent me this other different direction. And I think those two experiences mean a lot more to me than I think they do. Yeah, I would say so. Especially the, what's interesting to me is the idea, the fact that her, her form somehow got conflated in with that shadow form. And that it, it's like demiurgic to me. <laughs> You know? Yeah, and that's, you know, I didn't know that at the time because I wasn't hip up to the Gnostic stuff, but like, that's essentially what it is. I mean, you're, it's play, it's the allegory of the cave. Right. Like, you're seeing these shapes projected, and unless you've got any outside context at all, yeah. then, the, then the, the way the light hits the guy playing keyboard, the way the light hits him, and the way your eye picks up that light, then can burn that image onto a white ceiling, and people can just. I could have gone either way in that moment, but it was an extreme right. enough moment. And I'm an extreme enough person. It was, it was one of those like gateway moments. Like the gate was open from there. So that's really cool. The gateway moment. I like that a lot. There's and yeah, I, that's what I like to call them because it feels like it's never really felt to me that there's like, like guiding me through this. Like, Oh, if someone carried me through this moment, it was like a gate opens. Are you coming in? And if you come in, like, understand that when you enter this, like, there's a whole other realm of relationship and possibility and with that responsibility. So if you're willing to mature yourself enough to, like, walk through this gate at this moment, like, and really, like, then sit here and learn about these things, that's how it's always felt to me more than, like, some spirit guiding me in a direction. It's always been, like, it's up to you now. I like that, too, because it puts the it puts the agency on you right well for better or for worse yeah for better or for worse it's and none of my peers were having that 
so I understood that like, I don't know, I could go on about how I got mad at Christianity for a while. Oh man. Yeah. I still kind of am, but like, it's just sure. like, it's really interesting that things happen. Why again, like, why am I the only one who saw this? Why am I the only one who heard it? Why was I romanced to monsters that, a very very early age and this these things grew into all these weird interests and avenues you you're talking about being mad at mad at christianity it wouldn't have been able to make me so mad if it hadn't held such promise it, you know it was my like expectation because i like praying for people and i like trying to whatever you want to call like you know transcend you know like the People I like sing. the ritual. I like the building. The I like the paraphernalia. Yeah. Some of the songs fucking ruled. Dude, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was just it was the community. Everyone comes together. And I've always been a person, dude, who like when I'm on a team, when I was like on baseball teams or whatever. Um right. and you would be on a winning team or whatever, and you have that moment where everyone is here and everyone is doing their thing that they're supposed to be doing. So there's no interference with anybody else, but the whole thing is working so well yeah. that it is this like third other thing. Like that's how kind of church always was to me. Like we're all here. Like all our energies are here. It was like, fuck. It was like the, we were all power rangers or whatever. Do you know Man, what I mean? I know absolutely what you mean because the way I see it now is like when I pray to, and I'm doing, you know, air quotes when I pray to God, right. I I'm praying to a place when a place that may have existed before, or maybe it exists in the future and we're trying to get back to it, or maybe we're trying to create it again in a new way, but okay. it's a place where, ev where we're all like you just described that team. Yeah. It's, it's the, yeah. that idealized society. Right. But you could call it the angelic choir, whatever. Right. Sure. We are the witchcraft or whatever. Yeah. The, and to me, that's the pleroma, the Gnostic idea of the pleroma, the realm of the all, where all is in its place. And I think, you know, personally, you know, that that broke somewhere. And so I think mm. our our journey of experiencing that and then experiencing just how lost that can be from what our expectations were. That. The idea of when you were just talking that I got in my head was like, it's all fragmented, like a piece it's of fragmented. Glass. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think you can talk about God kicking Adam and Eve out of the garden. Personally, I think it was God that fell. Mm, that's really interesting. I like that. Yeah. And, and maybe became us, who knows, but you had mm. something that you were about to say before we forked off there. Well, actually I, I was going to, I was just going to ask you, like, do you remember having any of these experiences like that? Do you remember having like these point of event experiences or was it more of just like an ocean kind of like whole thing just picked you up and moved? Yeah, no, my, so my answer is, yeah, I was not having that same experience, which is interesting, right? Because I was, do you remember, so obsessed what, with do you remember the first time, Oh, okay. So you really wanted it, and it just I was didn't thirsty happen. for it, and it, yeah. And so I was always seeking, okay. seeking, seeking. And then you know, like yeah. eventually, like, like I, I talked about the the practice that we had, um, this like ministry that I was involved in that I talked about, and in, in when I was telling my story, 
So that's when I really kind of started to have things. Okay. Yeah. And so you'd go out and, and whatever, you'd listen to God and God would speak to you. And so I would have pages and pages and pages. Right, and you'd write down. Automatic writing, right? Do you remember, um, what was the first time you did that like? So the first time I did that. Like, do you was, remember the first time it happened? Yeah, I do. Um, so it, it was like something that would get revealed to you when you went on this retreat, man. I know this sounds like. <laughs> like no, sweet, dude, trust sweet me, I beginnings of I know exactly oh, what you're man, talking about, dude. Like sweet little cults. They told us that okay, now you're gonna go off and God is gonna give you a name. And you just sit there and you you meditate until you get a name. I sat there for a long time and was like, No, you know, I'm not gonna get a name. Like this is really weird. Maybe mm-hmm. even kind of stupid. And but I just remember clear as day, the name Samson came through. Okay. Mm, I thought it was something about strength. And then I was in high school. So, you know, like a high school guy is like going to probably read that into it, right? Totally. But actually, Samson, it doesn't really, I mean, maybe it describes him as being like, like muscle bound or something. I can't remember, but. But actually, his power was was that the spirit of God could come upon him, right? Right, and he right. could do like amazing things. But he also ended up going to jail and being blinded. You know what I mean? Like so. Totally, totally. It's there's been a lot of it wow, in my life. That's really interesting, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. There's been a lot of stuff in my life that when I look back, I'm like, whoa. You know, that was like mm-hmm. kind of a. Yeah, I, the word prophecy is very like, mm, you know, but was it was prophetic mm-hmm. for me, and then like I couldn't stop, man. So I then I would just like I would do this stuff just every day for like hours, man. And I'm really bummed out that. Did you get like operable intel out of it? Any of it? Did you get anything out of it that was like that stuck know, around for a I while? I didn't think to even do that, but some of it has stuck around, but a lot of it was just like. And this might, it, it was like encouragement. Okay. You know, which is operable in its own sense, right? I mean, like, obviously not. Totally. Not, not nothing. Um, but right. yeah. Right, right, it right. Was, it's not like, yeah. I wish I had it still. That's great. I got rid of those notebooks. And I think that that. Uh, yeah, I know, man. Anyway, so for anyone listening, like, I don't know if I mentioned, but like I have, yeah, I did go to jail. Um, so there's that. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? No, because I'm, I'm interested to hear that story. I was, you would, you know, call it on the run. If you were going to try to make it sound cool. Really? I was just, okay. I had warrants for failure to appear. Uh, I was a pretty diehard materialist at this point and not just a materialist, but like, you know, like a, a pretty, um, it's okay. You could say the A word. I had I a little say, A word phase. Yeah, I had a, the atheist for sure. But like, what is the atheist that wants to prove it to everybody? Like, I was an atheist missionary, and it's interesting because when I was in, when I was in the church, I wanted to be a missionary. I was just doing the same thing, but from the other side, right? We do it. It's part of the. It's part of. I, for me, it's just part of that journey, right? Um, yeah. So, but I had started getting back into this stuff, and and. 
obviously from a completely different angle. But um, I had that near-death experience that I talked about in which I, I, I took a hit of probably it was fentanyl. And I just went out and found myself in a dark forest. And I saw an old man walking with a wide-brimmed hat. And I, he looked at me and he had one eye. And I woke up screaming Odin, Odin. And um, my partner at the time was like, I thought you were dead. I thought you were dead. She was slapping me. You went blue. And I, I told this story on, on another episode, but for context, um, that got me started kind of looking into him, looking into Odin. And why, you know, why, why did I have that experience? Of all the things, you know, when you hear about near-death experiences, you hear about people going and seeing ancestors, relatives, people that they knew, knew that had died or seeing light or maybe angels. White light, yeah. Right? I was like, why did I see Odin? Which is, you know, I would always, I would always been interested in mythology. So definitely knew who that was. I had read books about him as a kid. That was some other of the books I would make my mom photocopy was like Norse mythology books. Mm-hmm. And okay. So I knew that he would kind of like visit you as a wanderer and test you and kind of stuff. So mm, the Lord of the Gallows. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 uh, you were probably on at that point. Yeah, and a, a patron of of prisoners, right? As a as a gallows god. Totally. So totally. I started. I, I guess I I don't really even remember. I, well, I have a buddy that that really helped me in my path back to the the life of spirit is what I would call it, right? And engaging yeah. with that, and he was like, you know, you can just like light a candle and talk to this guy if you want to, right? This is right. It's like the same. As going in the bunk at a retreat yep. and asking for a name, right? Um, so I was, like I said, I was strung out on the run for warrants. My family didn't know where I was. They, for all they knew, I, like they were looking for me, thinking I was dead. You know what I mean? Um, wasn't talking to them. Had basically just threw my life into the trash. I started having so many synchronicities like it was the strongest it's ever happened and there was this one point and i still have this book where uh, i was walking at the time so man if anyone wants to experience any kind of synchronicities i just recommend walking everywhere because there's something that happens yeah go take a walk yep there's something that happens when you're not moving so fast as you would be in a car or on a bus or whatever that really gets you in that relation with place, but we could go, that's a whole nother topic, right? So I was walking, there was a, um, one of those little free libraries. Oh yeah. I leave books in mine, my local one all the time. Just awesome. fuck people up. Yeah. So yeah. I said, um, you know, if you're real and you're really talking to me, then show me a book in here that proves that I still have this book. And so I, I opened the door and there's a book called the one eyed man and the, from the publisher Viking. 
man. <laughs> and I like Star Rad. Shit. Yeah. So I started diving deeper and deeper and deeper. So also what would happen is he would, I would kind of like, he would trick me. And he had told me, it was about a week before I got arrested that you need to stop doing this stuff because it's not useful to you anymore. And he was talking about the drugs. And so I was a week, a week quit white knuckling. I wasn't, you know, getting help or anything. Right. But it, if I had been stopped at any other time in the previous year, I would have had enough drugs to like put me away for a while on my person. You know what I mean? Right. I would always walk yeah. around with just a big old bag in my pocket. Damn. Right. And so when I was in the back of the police car, you know, cause eventually like the cop runs my ID and is like, he's like, Oh God, like I wasn't even yeah. expecting to do this today. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was like, I was expecting I just to, want to have an easy warning day. Yeah. Right. Right. The state that I had the warrants in did want me. They call him on the radio and they're like, oh Hey, do you, do you want us to hold this person for you? And they're like, yeah, <sighs> we'll come get him." So I'm in the back of this police car in handcuffs and I'm praying to Odin break my bonds. Cause I had just looked at some bind runes the night before. And one of them was like a bond breaker. Mm. And I was praying for him to break my bonds. <laughs> no answer. Of course my bonds didn't break. <laughs> so I go to jail and, but you know what? He was there with me the whole time. Um, I had this prayer that I would pray and I had memorized it. And so I would pray this prayer in jail. Um, there's a bunch of crazy synchronicities that happened in jail. Um, one time I was walking by the TV and the guys were watching Jeopardy. And the question that was that Alex was reading as I walked by was in Norse mythology, he's Thor's dad. <laughs> and I'm just like, holy, right? Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, I found That's a sprig cool. of I found a sprig of juniper on the ground in there. So jail is like if I could give this, like obviously like don't go, but it <laughs> is so charged. I've never been somewhere where magic worked so well and so fast. Wow, that's interesting. Like I would wow. try to get in, in touch with my lawyer for like, I had a, um, she was great. She's a public defender. She's busy. Um, she got me, she helped me out a lot. Um, but she was, you know, had a full plate. And so like, they don't, they'll call you when it's like pertinent, right? Like, okay, this is what's going to happen tomorrow. That kind of thing. Yeah. But anyway, so I was trying to get in hold of her for like a week and a half and, and then one day I was like, no, I'm going to do a sigil. Like my lawyer calls me today. And like the next thing she, she called like that day. Whoa. Um, but it also things will like, things will appear in there. So I found a sprig of juniper, which is also called Odin's staff or Odin's rod, I think. Mm -hmm. And what I burned uh, mm -hmm. to him, uh, when I was, uh, free. Wow. Just um, found it in the middle of, I just found it. And so and iron, Yes, on the ground. Like, how does that get there? How does that get there? Someone put it there. Yeah, I don't know. It's a strange thing to be in jail and to know that this is the exact place where I'm supposed to be. You know, later on, I, I in a journey, asked the spirit, you know, what's the deal with Odin? And it was like, 
just an ancestral memory. It's like, but he's Whoa, obviously interesting. Obviously, more than that, right? Because this is a person that I can talk to. But um, right. So again, yeah, but that that brings up a bunch of questions too. You know, we always need one thing to be the the what it is. Either it's mm-hmm. a ghost, or it's some deity, or it's your mind, or it's uh, like an ancestral memory, like I said, or it's this or this. What? What if it's just all of them? Yeah. What if it's all of them? We are have come to believe that an effect has one cause. Okay. But that's not how it works. <laughs> it's just not, not in Definitely my experience. Not. Um, no, no anyway, way. so I totally agree. So the story does have a happy ending and, but you know, he was there with me and he got me through it. And shout out to Odin. Yeah. Shout out to Odin. And, you know, later I realized what was happening is that, I was reading maybe the Poetic Edda talking about how Odin would make two forces fight each other. <laughs> well, in that context, it was like to get souls for Valhalla. But I somehow like understood intuitively that it's a little more than that and that it's you will face. And I think this is a big point about magic, too, if, it's in, if you're going to get into this, is that at least for me, I can only speak from my own experience, but I had to face that stuff mm-hmm. and he brought it to where it's like, no, we're just going to do this now. We don't have time to dilly dally. And that's like a very big part of his energy. I feel like is like, nah, we're doing this. Interesting. That's real. Thank you for sharing that too. I know that Man, like going listening. to jail is probably not the easiest like thing to talk about. So I appreciate you. There's a guy I knew to jail for about a year and he said the gamatria like <laughs> dude like someone would walk by and like he would like remember their like prisoner number or whatever yeah and like write it down and like the it's, way these things connected back and forth he said it was he said he said the same thing you did he's never been such a liminally charged like because there's a lot crazy. of chaos energy the gamatria is something i didn't even talk about in the story because it's just like an added yeah go ahead this is already crazy enough but that's absolutely true and i was in a house no we need to keep going we need to make it crazier don't 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 be too safe like (laughs) let's go as crazy as we can hell yeah i love it man so i was in a habit and you know probably a little bit compulsively right as we do um of adding up all the numbers in a string of numbers totally yeah and Man, I would always get nine, 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 or nineteen. <laughs> and my cell was nine. It would just happen so much, man. And and not only that, but the things would add up to it. My cell number, yeah. Like I said your buddy nine is also associated with Odin, but it's also just like totally. one that's that's a number that nine I see world. all throughout my life. Yeah, I don't know what it is about it. It's it's got a <sighs> liminal is a good way to put it. That's it's like the it's like the it's like the end of the single digits, really. You know what I mean? Like I know that's a really simple, like stupid right. thing to say, but it's 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 like right at the end of that, and it's you know in the in the in the Western Kabbalah, the the Golden Dawn developed like nine is the number of the moon, which is already like a weird thing. It's been a weird thing for a long time. So yeah, I think nine is just one of those. You know, it's got Hakate. Like her three sixes and nines, 
Yeah, man. Like the books that show up in there too. I don't know. It's wild. Anyway, so cool. Yeah, that's that's. There's a lot more. I think probably I had a list of all the stuff that happened. It's just a bunch of stuff. He actually. I know there's well, I, and like and like pepper them through your episodes too because I want to hear them. But I know there's. I also know there's a lot of pagan outreach to prisons and prisoners and stuff. Did you like? Were you getting books from like that? Like what were you? What would? I don't even know what books do you get access to in prison. So you get a lot of um, jail. So, sorry. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say it's it's an arbitrary distinction, but it's not because it's jail, totally not. Jail arbitrary. is <laughs> jail is like lim- more liminal. I feel like because you're on your everyone in jail is like either I can't wait to get out or I can't uh, wait to go to prison because there's just more amenities in like prison. A way because station. Huh. It's a way station. So that's an interesting reason why. The, the liminality and I, I can't speak for prison cause I've never been, but apparently there's just like, you can get a degree in prison, right? Like you can barely do shit. Yeah. In jail. Um, okay. So there were a lot of books and I got to know the guy that put together the book racks, but it was also weird because so each, like a, like a cart comes by with books. It's like in Shawshank Redemption, like a cart comes by with books and sure. th- there would be tons of synchronicities with that. But then I also got to meet the guy that was put that was putting together the book racks, and he was like a little bit cracked, and his room was like full of books. And he would like, it's really funny, man. <laughs> he would like always have to hide That's him because you can only That's have ten. A homie, yeah, he dude, he's a good guy to know. He would, you can only have ten books in your cell, but he would have like a cell full of books, and somehow you know would like always talk his way out of it because he's like the library guy, right? This is part of my research. But <laughs> it's like I remember one. Like one time, I the cart was full of it had like Ishmael, Congo, and like four other books about Whoa. about gorillas and apes using sign language, right? And I was like, this is a crazy synchronicity. But then I met the guy, and I was like, I bet this guy just like went on a weird rabbit hole and read all books about that for a while, <laughs> <laughs> which is its own kind of synchronicity, right? Anyway, that's a little bit yeah, odd. man. But I was also doing a lot of yeah. like astrology. Um, so I was lucky to have my mom send me books Like you can get sent books. But I also had an ephemeris and charted the planets that way. So I would every day draw. Ooh, interesting. I, would, I would draw a chart every day because. So I, I hesitate to say this because it sounds like really callous and dismissal, but like it was kind of a magical retreat. Like, is that a man, thing to say? No, absolutely, man. It's like a monastery. Like, it's what it's whatever you make it. As someone who calls himself... too that the environment is so malleable. As someone who calls himself a Gnostic, it's really weirdly parallel to just the experience of living in our society. Because... Mm, man. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's... It, it can be a prison or it can be a place of liberation. And so totally. like a lot of stuff happened there that I, that started me down the path of my recovery too. But yeah, it, it really is like that. Dude. This is going to sound weird, but like there are definitely times when I like think back on it fondly. I don't, I know that people like people are going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? But yeah, that's okay though. That's okay. You yeah. got to say that shit and you got to right. let people sit with these two things. They got and like to. bounce them around in our head. Like that's the yes. only way we're going to get anywhere. It's right. like, if we let each other say these things and like, 
Yeah, I think I think that's a great thing to say. Yeah, obviously don't fucking aim to go to jail. Different jails are different too. So like the first jail I was in was a hellhole, and the second jail I was in was like, all right, different states. We're gonna have different systems. Like, oh, that's crazy, man. Yeah, and different people are gonna have different experiences, and so what's the how really, long do we win? Three months. Oh, okay, three months. Okay, man. That time is weird there too. Um, oh, I bet, dude. <laughs> that it is. I bet it's loud as shit all the time. Yeah, it is. But dude, it actually teach. It taught me how to meditate in any situation. Mm-hmm. See, I, it's what you make of it. Like it's what saying, you make of that's it. That's really interesting. Uh, I had a roommate in the first. So, the first place I was just waiting to be extradited, mm-hmm. and I had a roommate that was convinced that he saw demons in there don't doubt it at all i mean that was the one where like the block that you're on like the guard isn't in there and it's just like run by whatever gang has got the most representation and i mean you know i'm not even one to talk about i don't even think there's necessarily anything wrong with a demon right like but what what he meant when he was talking about demons was not something mm-hmm. like good <laughs> right like well and that's that's how limiting like our language is because right. it's like angels or demons like which one is this uh, it's like are they good even, or are they bad and it's not like, even realizing so they're the same ambivalent than that they're the same class like if you're playing a video game they're the same, <laughs> they're the same like totally you know and they could have been, like, be an been there to help him right oh yeah oh yeah there you go there you go gotta be oh. an angel first yeah especially the fallen ones demons with fallen angels yeah, I've been pulling our, on that Lucifer thread a lot, and it's just man. like, uh, it's just like that. The whatever mask, like Lucifer, Satan, Beelzebub, Lucifer, yeah. Satan, Beelzebub. Just chant that yeah. like all night at midnight, and you'll be fine. But um, <laughs> the the mask that is Lucifer sits on whatever is like behind all of these other things. Like I was watching Gordon White speak of the devil today, and it, just the way he talks about like the Lucifer like predates God basically, right. and it's this deep spirits, the tutelary spirits. The difference between angels and, and fallen angels or demons is like fallen angels or demons like want to teach you. Right. So when people like, I don't know, I, uh, yeah, there's a lot of mental health problems in prison. Like I'm not gonna. I'm not going to like deny that, but at the same time, like probably he was seeing demons. Probably he was seeing something, but it, but demon is the only word he has. And it was probably pretty, a lot closer to like conception of an evil spirit than a demon. That begs, that also begs the question, like maybe those spirits were like, like I was saying a little earlier, uh, (laughs) I'll just say it maybe these spirits were like protective spirits and they had to present themselves like that because Oh yeah. I've never been in jail, but I figure if you go to jail, like there's a certain way you're going to have to present yourself. You know what I'm saying? So I, yeah, I, I just think that that concept oh, of someone in prison seeing spirits or demons, like, yeah, I totally believe it. If what I'm talking about with, magic working and there being a lot of free flowing energy of mm-hmm. course there's going to be there's going to be a lot of helping spirits there because there's also a lot of prayer in there you I know bet. like 
dude, just like there's not an atheist in a foxhole, dude, you can't yeah. find an atheist in jail, man. And you can't find yeah. someone that doesn't pray in jail. I don't care what they're praying to. They could be praying to their family that they haven't spoken to or something. You know what I mean? But, but they're praying. There's so much prayer in there, but also there's yeah. a lot of negative energy and there's going to be, uh, there's going to be some maybe parasites. I don't know if that's a good word, but I think, yeah, I know what you're talking about though. Like something, something being generated within there for sure. There's something that fills that niche, but it's like, it's like that Will Smith and Chris Rock thing, right? It's like, there's just something that happened to come through at that moment because that was the perfect vector for it to come through. Right. That was the time. Yeah. That was the time for it. That was the person for it based on all these other factors and identities. Like there's a reason Odin shows up to you and like presents itself to you, especially if it's an ancestral memory. Cause I'm of the opinion that an- that ancestors literally flow through your blood. Yeah. Like in the I same do. way that like, I think there's a, I think there's a lot of woo behind the idea that there's like trauma in your DNA, but like, yeah, there is, there's, it's, they've shown it trauma yeah. gets passed on through your DNA. So why wouldn't, if trauma getting passed on, like all these other things are probably getting passed on too. I mean, epigenetics mean, is a real thing that the lives that people lived. Yeah. The lives that, that people have lived like now come out through you because you're the upwelling of this ancestral right. matter and energy in the world right now. We talked at the beginning of this about someone like a David Bowie or a Prince. What is David Bowie in 2000 years? What is the spirit? You know what I'm saying? If a a spirit is elevated for 2000 years, what does it become then? If spirits have agency, which I believe they do, they can experience change and be different. Like I have the, to me, Odin was a, very different person and even said like i'm not like the same person i was back then <laughs> if that sounds crazy i know but like that i i like, have that question all the time of like the the, the the disparity between the way the acts and the new testament god acts like the the one of the ways that i can possibly reconcile it is like he grew and changed his yeah. mind yeah, totally. You know what I mean? But like to Why? say that God changed his mind is like, wait a second. It's just too cognitively, like there's too much cognitive underbrush to like really try to walk that path. It's like, what do you mean God changed his mind? But I, I, think, I think about think... it a lot lately. And, and even, even in, to speak of the devil talk, Gordon said like, God had to get better. The devil didn't get bad. He said, but God had to get better. And I was like, hmm, okay. I really so there's I like something that. that can that can there's something these things are actively changing too. Your ancestors are through you and there's ancestral patterns that like can come through that that you can necessarily maybe change a little bit so that does that change 100%. then affect back through time? And I think Yeah, retro cause so out like Totally, totally, completely. So, can God change His mind? So, it, one thing that um that is this is just personal, uh, unverified personal gnosis, but also was relayed to me by a spirit, and I 
couldn't really tell you who, right? Like sometimes it just says like, okay, that's spirit contact. Sure. Um, sure, sure, sure. And sometimes the name is just to help us, right? Like, uh, for instance, yep. with the Odin thing, I like Aiden Walker talks about like, there are many Odins. Well, it's like, yeah, the dude has a thousand names. That makes sense actually. But what I was going to say was, yeah, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's many Timothy's, you know, there's many Michael's. Right. Spirits allow us to change and we allow them to change. That's the interview. Mm. Because obviously okay. like if they didn't, if they didn't, not that if they couldn't get something from us, because that seems so transactional. Um, yeah. Verifiable in a way, right? It's a good question. Because, like, obviously you can offer certain spirits certain things and they'll do things for you. Right? I think, like, if you imagine the experience at least once, but, like, why? Does, do I, why do these spirits need rum? <laughs> right. Like, why, do you know? If they can experience things through us and change through us, boy, that's like one of those gates that I walk through. That's like, yeah. you're going to take responsibility now for this. If you're coming through these gates, like there's certain things that you're going to have to do. And that's why when I looked around that classroom one day, I was like, oh, maybe I'm the only one like willing to do this for them. Maybe I'm the only one willing to go talk to that angel and like ask a question. Maybe that angel is lonely. And I had, I have, when I was a kid, I had just still, and still to this day, like I remember the first time I picked, I just idly picked up a rock and threw it. And like, I was like, oh my God. And I went and found that rock and put it back where it was because I got the feeling so strongly that the rock had been separated from like its relationality. Like it felt to me at the time, like I just threw this rock away from his family. So I went and got that rock and like brought it back. And that's been something that I had a box of rocks (laughs) (laughs) that like I would pick up a rock on the street and I would be like, oh, this rock wants like some like someone to hang out with. I know how crazy it sounds, but like, no, I love that. Well, I have a box of rocks where all the rocks can like come hang out together and like be with me because they want to come home or this rock wanted to stay here or like. I'm sorry I threw that rock and we go get it and put it back. So it's, it's like, maybe that's why these things kind of vector through me, but there is a, there's, there's certain things you have to do. Like if, if even in relationships with like your grandma and mom, like when you, the relationality thing that you do as a son to your mom, like call your mom, right? like spirit probably moved you to call your mom even though you're in this situation, but that's like the relationality of these things of our, of our relationships. Yeah. You know, that comes to me. Each other. I absolutely agree. And I love the way you said that. And also I think it comes to, and this is another very tricky word, but uh, power. I mm, okay. don't know if I would have had the power to call my mom in that situation if it weren't for some sort of spirit mm. intervention that reconnected me to the power that made me able to do that. Well, that's Samson, yeah. isn't it then? Like the Lord can work through him, right? Right. Totally, totally. But like, like you said, you wouldn't have had the ability unless spirit moved through you. Yeah. And I think that's also like, like how many people haven't done that because they haven't had the ability for spirit to come through them or they, 
just ignored it or they thought like, oh, that's just me talking to myself or whatever. Like for whatever reason, like it moves certain people at certain times. And if you listen, man, you can hear it sometimes. That concept of, oh, that's just me talking to myself. When I'm able, when I'm able to look past that, that opens up the world. Everything opens up. Oh my God. It opens up. Do you dreams open up? Yes. That's the game. Meditation opens up. That's it's one of the gates. Certainly is one of the gates. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's it's not the only one, but yes, it's a gate for sure. I I see people all the time who are like, I I'm bad at scrying. I'm bad at spirit contact. Like you're not bad at spirit contact. You just don't trust that like what you're hearing isn't you because we have this we're in this like Cartesian echo chamber. But like, if you as soon as you can be like, as soon as you can just suspend that for that one moment and have that thing that just whispered in your ear, like be something with agency, everything just floods open. So I don't think people are bad at spirit contact. I just think, well, I mean, yeah, I think some people just can't do it, but I think most people just talk themselves or won't or talk themselves out of it because it's like, Oh, well that's just me talking to myself. Well, yeah, but like, haven't you people ever done acid or like listen to anything, anybody right. who like done acid? Haven't you ever sat by a river and had the all river one. talk to you? We're all one, man. Yeah. Or like sat in a forest and like realized that all the trees are growing a certain way because they're all trying to reach the sun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like other trees help support other trees and push them up and they're all just trying to reach the sun. I think about that a lot. That's, that's awesome. It's like we're all just trying to reach the sun in a certain way. It's again that flow state, and it's an intuitive action, an intuitive thought. And if that's not flowing through me, then there's something blocking it. All right, I'll share. The the thing that's been working for me lately to try to think about this is like, you know how a wave... Ah, let me try this a different way. No, go with that. You know how the Grand Canyon was carved? Just water flowed through it for millions and millions and millions of years. And every time like a wave of water hit a rock a certain way, it carved a little bit out of that rock and it shaped a little bit of that rock. I think that's really how it works. I think that like those ripples never go away. Like our ancestors, like your ancestors did something. And the way that that wave and ripple shaped the rock that you went through hundreds of generations later is the way that you're going to flow through that rock because these waves hit it over and over and over. And those waves never, like, die. Those waves never, like, disappear. Those waves just, like, re-enter the other part of the water. And, like, the way that they re-enter the water makes the water create another one and and motion these waves back and forth carving through the rocks and shaping the rocks in a certain way that's how i've been trying to think about it lately because it's the only way (laughs) that i can like get it through my head that like all of these it's like for the aztecs like every wednesday was the same wednesday yeah right like that glib thing that's where every Wednesday is the same, but it, but it's not the same. It's just like, ah, it's so hard to explain. The reason I said go with the wave thing was because I've actually had 
in an automatic writing session, a spirit tell me that every wave is like is the same wave, but there it's another expression of wave. Mm, okay. Let's try it this way too. Like we were talking about earlier with ancestors, someone working for you. Like when you watch a movie and that movie gives you something or inspires you to do something like that movie is that wave that is like shaping. You know what I mean? Every time you turn it on, like it's the wave that's shaping it, even though it's like a different circumstance, it's still, and I speak of that because I'm obsessed with film. Um, Yeah. I just love movies, but it's, it's the way these things shape you every time the wave crashes into you like where you are in your life. Sometimes if you watch a movie later on in your life, you're in a different shape than you were. So the, but it's still all the same wave. Yeah. The different expressions of a wave. I'm going to have to sit with that because that's just another one of those, like (laughs) that's what I do have. Oh, absolutely. That's one I do have and I'll dig it up and I'll show you the exact, um, sometime I'll show you the exact wording because I can't remember exactly, but I like the idea of the wave because I, I, I like that. Because a wave is both something distinct, but also part of something bigger, right? And that's like a really simple way to put it, but I, that's why I dig that image. Totally. I come from a family, and I'm probably not alone in this. <laughs> I come from a family who's got a bunch of problems. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> to say the least. You know what I mean? Like I come from a family who has a lot of problems and I was fortunate enough to mostly have my dad around and I was forced to my grandfather a while before he passed. So I saw how my dad and my grandfather interacted and I saw a lot of good stuff and I saw a lot of bad stuff. And now that I have kids, I see that a lot of these things, Oh, how do I put this? <laughs> I see that a lot of these things are uh, ancestral. I, I really don't know how else to put it. I see that there's patterns that you had growing up with you and your parents that were likely passed on from their parents. And when you become a parent, you probably do that too because that's how you were parented. So I come from a family with a lot of problems and I find myself entering what, man, being a dad is so weird, dude. I remember things happening to me as a kid that like now when I'm interacting with my children, I see how that thing that happened to me as a kid triangulated. I see how, how I see the prism that it, that the beam came through that created that event. And I understand that like it's an ancestral pattern because my dad has told me stories about how he was raised and that's, and like subconsciously he doesn't, he's never done really this work. (laughs) Sorry to show my dad on podcast, but like I see that there was a lot of things that came down that just aren't even considered, aren't even thought about. And these, a lot of this stuff that like, you just do it's like ancestral patterns things that your parents did and their parents did and their so these things come down and 
I, it's not about being, being like, I'm the one who's going to break these ancestral patterns. It's, it's about like, dude, all right, here's how it works for me. I get mad at my kid, right? For doing whatever. And I imagine, I imagine myself doing something that I would really rather not do. So if my, it's, it's like some distant ancestor from the past. It doesn't, it doesn't for me have to be someone I know or I can recognize by the face, but I imagine that someone three or four generations down the line is like standing in the room. Right. And then I do it differently. I interact with my kid in a different way. I'm more patient. I'm, I try to be like, I'm not going to hit my kids. Right. And if that person is watching you, then they can be like, Oh, wow. I had knowledge of like child behavior. We didn't, they didn't have all this stuff. They didn't have the knowledge and the resources that we have now. So if you have this stuff and you put it to use, then your ancestors see that you're putting this stuff to use and they can be like, Oh, I never even thought about that. Like, I'm really proud of you. You're doing really good because that's not like something that would ever come up to me. It's like, does that make any sense at all? I kind of rambled through that. (laughs) It makes perfect sense and it's beautiful. And I think it's a wonderful objective example of spirits help us change. And we help them change. It is a reciprocal relationship. That. Yeah, man. Thank you it for to- sharing. It that. totally can be the same. The same way that you go sit in the cemetery and like do udiseta or like graveyard meditation, looking the same way that you approach spirits, asking them for help. Other things that you can offer them. There's things that you know that they don't know about. Right. You know that you can bring to them. They can ask you, and you can help them through ancestor elevation, through all this other stuff, there's a million and one half ways to just like try to be better. To just like keep growing and keep moving forward and keep like helping each other be better. Because if you're on that team and everyone's operating in the exact way they need to be doing for the team, then like you're participating in this larger community and like everyone benefits from that. If you just sit down, I think that's why the, the, this idea of will was so important, is still so important to Crowley and like all the people who are in Crowley because it's like, man, if you get in these flow states, the communities just flourish. Like if you're all doing what you need to be doing, if you're all chasing your cosmic purpose or whatever, and you're in that flow state and everyone else is in that flow state too, then it just, everything just blossoms. And when you can take a step back and just be a little bit more patient with your dog or just be a little bit more patient with your spouse or just be like better for something, you know, just, just, it's just this forward march that we can, oh, it's a terrible military term. I'm sorry. Let me no, take that it's back. actually it's great. Like a, it's like, a, it's like for, it, you're moving forward with each other and like, What's the point of doing something over and over and over and over and over if you're not going to learn from it, if you're not going to get better at it, if you're not going to improve at it? And that's like these ancestral patterns are there because they're not trying to be broken. It's not your job to be a fucking hero and to break these things. It's just your job to make it a little more in line with that flow state. Just be a little better. I love that, man. Thank you. Um, Yeah, there's I, I think I learned this 
phrase from uh, Daniel four, but um, just to be the beautiful face of your people. Just, I just want to rep my people, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? They worked so fucking hard for you, dude. Yeah. They fucking worked people three or 400 years ago, a thousand years ago, 2000 years ago. Yo, people fucking, we, we've never, human beings have never had it better than they have it right now in the Western world. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of people out there still suffering, but like people in the United States and stuff, they, the opportunities are simply endless. And I feel like a lot of it is squandered and it's just, you just have to, like you were saying, be the beautiful face of your people. They worked so hard to get as well flourish for them. Right. That's what they wanted for you. That's why they did all the work they wanted because they wanted you to be better. And like, if you approach them and you're like, Hey, how can I be better? And they show you ways to be better. Like you just have that one illuminating moment. Like that helps you. That helps them. It's just, yeah. Like you were saying this reciprocal world that just keeps going. We are in this time. And by that, I mean like being embodied. It is a, Oh yeah. I mean, we are that liminal place, that bridge between the ancestors and the descendants. And it's such, I know you're saying it's like, it's not our job to be here or whatever, but it's a very important spot to be in. There's this guy, Al Cisneros from Ohm and Sleep, those bands. I was reading an interview with him that he was doing years and years and years ago. And he, they were like, any final words or anything? Do you have anything else you want to say? You know, one of those things. And people usually are always like, yeah, listen to my band. And he said, he said, the privilege and honor of being incarnated in a human body is to work through your shortcomings. And it cannot be understated how much of a privilege and a blessing it is. Yeah. And that's just stuck with me. Dude. It's like, yeah, why, why not try to be better? Why not just give it a shot? I love it. I don't know. People approach spirits all the time and, they forget that like it might be they sometimes you just go sit down and talk to talk to people about what's going on like they're really interested to know they're really interested to hear from you like call your grandmas yeah call all your grandmas and in the same way in the same way it's like call all your grandmas it's like your grandmas from way back way yeah. way way back and they the want most to hear from you too they're interested and also the most bright dazzlingly luminescent being I've ever come across was an ancestor. Like we think about like, Mm, I believe it, you know, like way back down the line, probably, you know, way back. But, and I did like, you know, you use the word March and you said, well, you know, it's some kind of a military term and sure. But I personally like that in this context, because I think a lot about how for the longest time, you know, what we did was just walk. <laughs> we just, mm, that's we interesting. That just is interesting. walked, man. We walked yeah. from, this, from one place to another. You know what? It, I can't, I can't speak for, you know, like our conception of what prehistoric life was like. Cause I think it's probably like a lot different than what the common conception is obviously. Right. Totally. But there was a long totally. time. There was a long time. When what people did Long was, time. was we walk. They'll do. Yeah. We walk through this. We walk through this thing. I just read this book called the political lives of dead bodies. And it just talks about how mostly in 
they were what were they post socialist they call it, which is basically post communist Europe, right? Like yeah. Romania fall, uh, the the communist government of Romania falls. There's this void. Who's going to step into the power of this void? And how do they legitimize it? Right. So there's a saint in, buried. I think he was buried in Rome, like four or five hundred years ago. It was from Romania, from this from this point. So they were like when. Romania was transitioning away from communist power. They were like, well, we need some, there's a power scramble, right? So all these like people to try to step into this void. And one of the ways they did that was they had this guy disinterred in Rome and brought back to Romania. Power that he brought just by his dead body, legitimating all these new power structures was like really striking to me when I say how hard the dead work for us because this guy's been trying to rest for how many hundreds of years and now it's finally back in his own home soil, but it's still, it's like rest for him, but it's still, he's still being utilized in this way that works for people who are trying to get him to work for them. And I think about this a lot, especially in context with your ancestors, because that is like a, on a, on this like really large stage, this really large structure. It's like political, you're presenting out into the world, but everybody has their own family and their own ancestors and all this quote unquote work that like, and it's not even really ancestral work. I mean, I feel like people talk about ancestors, start doing ancestral magic stuff the sinks start coming, the luck starts happening a little more. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with just like these, like you were saying earlier with these patterns being blocked, the flow is being blocked. Right. If you just unblock it. And I'm not saying like, if when you start doing ancestor work, like you're going to make a million dollars, you're going to get your dream job. All these things are going to come true. But like you, if you, if you're listening and noticing the changes within and the changes that are being wrought by these things within your environment are, are totally transformational. Like when they brought that saint back from Rome to Romania to this like little village in Romania, we buried him, gave him proper burial rites. Like there was just something she talks about it in the book, but she's a sociologist. So she, <laughs> she really like shies away from right. Saint. Something happened in the earth that settled the earth a little more and like made the region a little bit tinier, more stable. Right. And it's, it didn't bring, yeah. But that's kind of analogous in my experience to what happens when you really start moving forward with the ancestor stuff and especially working with the dead. Because again, like you were saying earlier, like some of these gods can be equated with dead king amalgamations of dead kings, which I think is kind of what happened with Jesus. He's an amalgamation of all these different kind of figures and characters. And oh, it's yeah. really like Michael Mohawk, eternal champion kind of way. Yeah. But that's how these things whirl together. Like Virgomir, the, the, the pot of primordial chaos and, and Nordic, Nordic uh, mythology or Nordic religion in there. Any of that is like, everything you just get dumped everything goes into the cup everything just gets dumped into this cup and the cup swirls around
You were breaking up some there. Picking up. Oh, yeah, sorry. I, probably because I started talking about Babylon. Yeah, absolutely. They don't want, yeah, they don't want to hear about any of that. <laughs> they don't want it. They don't want her. They don't want people knowing about that shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. That actually, because I, I, anyway, I was <laughs> kind of rambling. No, you're good, man. It's I didn't know that that's what you were talking about. It makes perfect sense now. I mean, it was breaking up bad. That happens. Mm, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. <laughs> Maybe she just doesn't want to be talked about tonight, but I have a feeling it's the other yeah. side because she's always, she always seems pretty stoked that people. Dude, let, we should do this more. I'm down. Man, it's been great having you. I'm always on. down. Awesome. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so man. much for having me, dude. It's been a blast. I would really love to talk about like movies and shit. Oh yeah, let's definitely do that. Well, also, let's talk Here. about um where people okay. can find where can people find you? Oh yeah, uh, so wishcult intl Wishcult International uh, Pictures. That's my website. You can check out one movie there. I have a YouTube page too, Wishcult International. You'll find Unholy Mountain there. Um, my wife and I are death doulas. You can reach us if you ever want to, if anybody ever wants to talk about death or dying, you can reach us under the U Moon, Y E W, under the U Moon at gmail.com. Um, yeah, I got some movies and pre production on, some little more short films. Trying to get a full length going. I hide out in my fortress in the woods and perform magic spells. So just email me. Cause you won't find me. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on, dude. It's been a blast. Thank you so much for having me, man. It's been totally fun.